I think you know, from our side it was it, it, it was an exciting and low-key disappointing thing so it, yeah the, the, it was two things like it, it was disappointing that the tape wasn't there because why yeah. right yeah Yeah. Africa makes up like how much of the world's population and our languages are not even catered for, which is it's crazy. Hi everyone, my name is Itotir Bambora and I'd like to welcome you all to this spin-off of the Impact Co. Podcast Network. I'll be your host and I'm excited to have you along on this journey with me. The themes we'll explore are around technology and entrepreneurship through the lens of the African reality. We'll talk to some game changers and trailblazers doing the work to shape the future of Africa's technology ecosystem. And along the way, we'll learn a thing or two about how these technologies work. On this first episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Olisani Nkwencha about his company, Utlali AI. Have a listen. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did. Uh, so, as we've alluded to, the focus of this podcast is really to use the story of the internet to explain how the technology ecosystem across the globe has changed over the years, and to explain a little bit about how these technologies actually actually work. Today, I'm speaking with Olisani Nkwencha of Botlali AI um, about the prominence of African languages on the internet, how it's growing. We're going to discuss a bit about the work that he's doing at Botlali AI um, and talk a little bit about AI in general and the major disruptions it's causing. Before we get into the details, let me hand over to you. Um, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about your childhood, where you went to school, what you do for work, um, and then throw in a little bit about what you like doing when you're not working. Okay. Um, hi, so I'm, I'm Kolisani. Um, so um, I'm from Kabeja, uh, born and raised, um, and then I went to UCT, uh, did mechatronics engineering, um, then did masters in in uh, computer vision and deep learning um, at UCT as well. Um, then currently I'm CTO and co-founder at Butrali AI. Um, when I'm not working, um, uh, I love music, so I go to like concerts and shows and stuff. Um, like hiking as well, playing squash, just keeping active in general. Um, yeah, that, that's me. Awesome, awesome. So, um, can you give us the the elevator pitch for Botlali AI? What is it that you guys do? Um, sure. So we we do natural language processing tools for for African languages, so to allow organizations to build um, automated assistants um, and analyze like call center um, calls um, in African languages. So, so think uh, Siri, but in Zulu or whatever African language you like, um, or like YouTube subtitles, but for, for African languages. Uh, okay, I know the conversation just started, but I want to take a second to talk about a few of the things that he just said. He said that Botlali AI builds natural language process tools that allow organizations to build automated assistance, and analyze call center data, specifically in African languages. Let's take a pause here and talk a little bit about what natural language processing is. You might have guessed by the name of his company, but natural language processing is a branch of artificial intelligence. 
that concerns itself with making computers understand how to interpret and generate uh, human language or natural language. As a field of study, it's been around for quite a number of decades as people continuously hoped for increased ability to translate from one language into the next. How the process as a whole looks like is as follows. We usually start off with some language data that is converted into text. Why text? Because text is usually easier to break down into its different components than say audio or video data. So usually data first has to be transcribed into a text format before being fed into the process. Now, we've developed a lot of tools that can help us transcribe a lot faster as well, but I won't go into the detail of that. Once we've got our text data ready, it's fed through a series of algorithms and models that break down and classify the data by word and by phrase as best that it can. And then its next job is finding the best context that fits the words and the format of the text that's come in. Then it gives an output based on its best guess as to what the correct response actually is. Sometimes this process works really, really well, but with increasing complexity, it usually starts to perform worse. But complexity was only one part of the problem for the team at Botlali AI. There was another one, a more pressing one facing the team. I asked, Olisani, what events inspired him and his co-founder to launch their business? In his response, he touches on the second. Have a listen. In terms of the presence of these languages um, online, in terms of the way we engage with all these different technologies, would you say yeah. that's the main kind of inspiration that you had with, with targeting the languages that you have targeted? Um, also, maybe you can let us know which languages you've managed to, to build up to this point so far, um, and maybe a bit about the languages that you're looking at, at adding maybe in the future at some point. Um, sure, sure, sure. So, I mean, uh, yeah, a, a few things motivated us to, to, to go into this language thing, I think. Um, so I think we were in third year um, uh, at graduation. We were watching a graduation, engineering graduation. So. Um, I think there were like 17 electrical engineers graduating that year, right? which was crazy for us because this is UCT, one of the best universities in Africa, creating only 17 engineers in one year, which is like crazy, right? So which got us thinking like, okay, sharp, because I mean, you might know also that like, let's say five of those 17 are probably not even going to go into engineering. They might go into management consulting or they might go into banking or something like that. So like now the skills that are created for, for, from this engineering cohort are not even going into the, yeah. the necessary like industry, you know what I'm saying? So that kind of put a lot of weight into the skills that we, we, we knew we were learning from the university. Um, and then at the same time, I think Google launched um, an assistant. Like they, they had a like big ass launch for their Google assistant. And it was like super impressive. I think it made a call to book uh, like a salon thing. And it, and it had pauses like, um, I want to do this, um, all of that, which was like super impressive. So with mm -hmm. that in our heads um, and the, the fact that our skills, we know what we know, 
Um, and also at the time, I think banks were closing clo- closing down branches, so they were moving digitally, which made sense, right? Because I mean, it was it's kind of time to do that. But um, the issue there was we we saw a disconnect is that um, people from that come from where we come from, like um, townships and the likes, um, they they weren't they weren't going digitally. They were still going to the branches, like. If you go to to a branch in in close to UCT, you'll see it's kind of empty all the time, right? Bank branches, but Okas it's always packed, and that's and that's the thing we found out was like okay, it's because there's a language issue there. So coupling in like all of these things that were in our heads, we kind of figured okay, sharp. So let's let's try to build like a a banking virtual assistant for 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 African languages to help people engage with banks. Um, on WhatsApp and 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 make transactions and the likes, but we quick, quickly realized that the tech was actually not there for African languages. Because initially, all we were trying to do was just build something on WhatsApp. So we yeah. assumed we we're gonna connect to like APIs that are already there from like Google or something like that. But the tech was not there at all. So now, what does he mean when he says the tech for African languages just wasn't there? Well, for that, we need to talk a little bit about how languages in general are structured and then look at AI in that context. Now, human beings speak over 7,000 languages on the planet. Some are similar because they're derived from other common ancestral languages and others form part of some family of languages. Where the challenge comes in is that African languages differ fundamentally and dramatically from other common languages across the world. Therefore, any tools developed to process your English or your Germans simply couldn't use the same frameworks to process an African language because they wouldn't even know where to start. If we want to achieve the same level of efficacy as the language tools that, for example, the Western languages have, we need to give our models data and training to get there. And therein lies the problem. The reality is that many of our African languages simply haven't been recorded in detail enough or records have been lost over the course of our history. And then machines have nothing to train themselves on. So there's a lack of data. But once the team of Botlali AI finds the little data they can find, they can continue building and refining new algorithms trained specifically for those languages. I also find it really interesting how there was a convergence of a few different things that inspired Olisani and his co-founder Tapelo to launch their business. The first thing they noticed was a low number of electrical engineering students graduating into the field and moreover going on to practice into the field as there's a lot of leakage into the consultings and your banking industries. The second thing he noticed was that Google had launched their Google Assistant, which was a super exciting innovation and impressed the world when it was launched. If you haven't heard about it, you should go check it out. And the third thing was that many banks and other companies were making a massive digital shift. 
and closing some of their physical branches to improve their online presence. But that reality didn't hold true everywhere in the country. There was a large number of people that still relied on the physical branches. And this clearly highlights the digital divide that exists. So we took it upon ourselves to like try to build out the tech now. Um, so right now what we have is um, 10 African languages, seven of which are South African and then two, wait, no, eight of which are South African and then two are outside of the country. So the other two are Swahili and Kenya Rwanda. And then uh, I can't remember the, the other eight exactly, but yeah, yeah. but it's South African languages. Um, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's what we have now. In case you're wondering what other languages Botlali AI has in their catalog, they are Swahili, Kenya Rwanda, Isizulu, Isitosa, Sesutu, Siperi, Tsonga, English, Afrikaans, and Tswana. Great stuff, great stuff. Um, and can you, I'm going a little bit on the detail here, can you, can you yeah. let us in on what that experience was like in terms of um, having this concept in your mind and then going out and realizing that a lot of the tech actually wasn't there. You said that the APIs that you maybe would have hoped for to leverage from all these other guys. Um, What was that experience like in terms of um, discovering the absence of that? And then the actual building process in terms of developing that technology, I suppose, in-house, um, where did you kind of learn from? What did you, uh, yeah, what did you, how did you kind of hone that vision and eventually go to, to the point that is at? Um, yeah, so um, I think, you know, from our side, it was, it, it, it was an exciting and low-key disappointing thing. So, it, yeah, the, the, it was two things. Like, it, it was disappointing that the tech wasn't there because why? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Africa makes up like how much of the world's population and our languages are not even catered for, which is it's crazy. Um, so that was disappointing, but then it was also kind of exciting that we would be able to to well we would have the opportunity to try and, and build such um exciting technology, I think, from our side. Um and, and I think so so from, from our electrical engineering background and the research we had done um postgrad. Um, had prepared us to be able to to kind of um, figure out the, the the problems in 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 NLP for African languages because because the major issue here was that there's no there's no data available online, right? Which yeah. is why the, the the big techs are not are not looking at the problem like okay, sharp. There's there's nothing there for them to to they have to create the data or figure out a way to to create the systems with with little to no data. So. It's either it was too big of a problem for them or it wasn't um, worth solving. So, yeah, yeah but we, yeah. We, we just decided to just jump in, you know? Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so you mentioned that, or you gave a good example about banks. You know, they move digital. They, a lot of their customers aren't moving digital. Um, who are some of your other clients that you, you go after um it's already it, it, it appears that it's you know you go after businesses that are trying to communicate with their customers in one way or another um who yeah. are you seeing making up most of your your customer base 
Oh, sharp. So, so, yeah. So, um, so right now where we're focusing on 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 big corporates with like large um support pipelines. So, uh, cause cause they have either large call centers or like multiple contact centers that they have to have. So on our side, it's like let's try to help them automate those things for 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 African languages. It's like a crazy thing that I found out like not not so long ago is that there's 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 companies in South Africa, South Africa which has eleven South eleven languages. There's 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 companies in South Africa that don't offer any other language but English for call centers. Like if you call and you speak something else, they'll be like, nah. You understand how crazy that is. So so yeah, so we're trying to also go into that space for call centers as well. Um yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um now let's open up the conversation a little bit and talk a little bit about AI in general, especially from the perspective that you're you're seeing it from. Mm-hmm. Um in your opinion, what have what has been some of the exciting, maybe worrying, whatever, um, the things, the developments in the in the AI industry over the past couple of years um, and since you've started working on your project um, with the apparent disruptions of of today how what what's what kind of atmosphere has that created um, with you and your colleagues um, is it stimulating more excitement is it stimulating a bit of worry um, yeah let us let us in on on how it's it's really making you guys feel Sure, sure. Um, yo, yeah, so <laughs> a lot has been happening AI-wise. Yeah. Um, from from self-driving cars to uh, simple things like Spotify playlists. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, man, it's, it's insane. Like, I think the way AI quickly embedded in, itself to every part of, of literally everyone's lives Um is is and I mean it improved it for the most part and and that's that's like super exciting I think everyone on the team um, is super excited about that part um, but the issue though the, the the scary part is like the the there's no regulations that that exist especially on the continent for 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 companies building such um, technologies so it's that that part is kind of like yeah, it's not it's not very comfortable. I think um, one disappointing thing was like OpenAI, right? So the guys that did ChatGPT, you know, yeah. they started as a as a nonprofit because yeah. they saw the problem with information, and then they were like, so "Our goal is to democratize um, access to AI to make sure that it's not centralized in some organization." And then jiggy jiggy, they they, they turn yeah. around and some tools. Like, oh, what do you mean? So now, if, yeah. if companies like that can't 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 do it, who's who's gonna who's gonna regulate the stuff? Because it's yeah. it's exciting technology which can 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 have a huge amount of positive impact, but in in the right hands, right, or, or in, yeah. in in everyone's hands, it shouldn't be centralized in like one company or whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah, awesome. Um, so you've already you already mentioned the lack of regulation as being one of the one of the challenges, and I think in many pockets of the tech sphere, because a lot of the stuff is so new, um, like regulators are 
uh, oftentimes even more lost than than the people on the ground or the people like the the innocent bystander. Yeah, um, yeah. What are some of the other challenges that you guys have faced in terms of um, in your work <laughs> in developing your product, um, and then also just maybe in terms of engaging and sending it out to the market or sending it out to your clients? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the, the challenges that you've that you've experienced? Um, so, so I think initially just building out the tech was, was, is still probably like one of the biggest problems we have. Um, cause, cause as you know, African languages in the first place are not documented, right? Forget digital documentation, just documented in general. And then now things are moving digitally, which kind of like makes the problem exponentially worse because things are moving super quick on the digital side and African languages are still being left behind. So on our side, it's become, it's become very difficult to find data just to, mm. to be able to do stuff. We've, we've had to be like super creative in, in the way we build our systems to, to, to be able to, to perform comparable to like big tech. Um, mm. So that's one thing. And then there's computational resources Jay, that we, that are super expensive. Right. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, that one is a big one because also on the continent, I think for startups, funding is not is not the greatest. Uh, it's not the most available thing to find, you know, because um, mm. like the VC space as well is quite um, what's the word? Not stingy. I want to say risk averse. <laughs> They're very <laughs> very risky, but. Um, and that's 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 kind of like hindering a lot of uh, development startup wise, especially when people are doing like um, heavy research um, startups, like what we're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and then on the on the corporate side, I mean, we we've had like a few, we've had quite a lot of help. Um, I think so. The organizations that we've, we've worked with, like Christones, um, the Branson Center, um, have helped us like quite a lot. Um, in connecting with corporates um, and and putting our solution out there, um, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 been our journey, I think, in the industry right now. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. I want to go back to something that you mentioned now, especially in terms of the the lack of documentation in our native African languages. Um, yeah. That's something again very close to to my own heart. And you, as you grow older. Um, <clears throat> you start to realize the need for more and more of it um, to consume. And I know for myself, like I I grew up actually not knowing how to speak my my mother tongue. And I've been on an uphill battle uh, for for years, basically trying to find all these different ways to um, learn and absorb. And when when you look at certain languages, like across the world and, South Africa, the one language that has managed to do it is Afrikaans. No secrets as to how that happened. But for, <laughs> for, when you look at the, the, the Afrikaans universities and stuff, they've really gotten things down to a scientific level and described in that language. Um, and I always wonder, and I, I think, I hope that, you know, one day we can grow these languages to that point. Um, but there's an enormous amount of work that needs to be done, and there's an enormous chasm um, between us and that point. Um, yeah. You think AI is actually a tool that can can help with that, can accelerate that? 
um, in any way. And if it can, um, what kind of focused efforts would communities need to kind of uh, participate in to help kind of accelerate us to that point? An obvious one coming to mind is, you know, write the stories down. Um, listen yeah. to stories about writing <clears throat> things down. Um, yeah. Is there anything else in terms of, yeah, just that, that comes to mind for you? Um, yeah, so I think uh, localization of, 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 of content um, for, for, for each uh, country on the continent should be like a, a major objective, maybe even like at government level, like make sure every company that has a website in your country has it in not just English, but the languages that are in the country, you know, uh, uh, make sure that like all the digital content that's being created, corporates or, or whatever organizations are creating the content, uh, forced or maybe incentivized rather, I guess, to, to create that content in, in mm -hmm. the languages of the people that are there. Because there's two things there, right? It's like, you're giving me a website that might provide super useful information to me, but I don't understand the language, so I'm left out. Or um, you're forcing me to, to be like, why do, I, why do I need to know my language? Right? I'll just, everything is in English. Like it's 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 a yeah. So that one, I think government can do quite a lot policy-wise. Maybe I hope I think um, to just force people to just do uh, even in school, like because because I think coming from a, a township school myself, everything in my school is done in 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 my language, ne? and then mm. UCT everything is in English. So yeah. so you'll find sharp. I understand maths, but then. The teacher explained it to me in 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 my language. Then now the side, there's no need for them to do English. So they need to just look at those type of things. I think to to yeah to just help um, make sure that the the the, the language is preserved. Um, and then I think um, we need more people just building uh, natural language processing tools for African languages. Man, I think. Um, because because if 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 solutions are being built in in these other uh languages which are not african it's 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 easy for businesses to not want to invest in african languages at all cuz why would you do that it's easier cuz there's solutions on this side you know uh, um so there's definitely needs to be a lot of investment into nlp technology for african languages um i'm not just saying that because we're doing it but like <laughs> Honestly, like there, there really does need to be a lot of of of, of investment in this technology because it, it really does have a lot to offer for 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 language preservation and other stuff. Yeah, great stuff. I really like this concept of localization of data. It's the idea that even at a government level, it should be mandated that if a company has a website in their country. They should have all the content of that website accessible in all the national languages of that country. This might seem like quite a stretch or a complicated and laborious process, but if you think about what it would have cost to do this 10 years ago, five years ago, compared to right now, doesn't it kind of sound like a no-brainer?
especially if companies like Butlali AI continue to grow and develop the technologies that we need to do this. My next question is around, you know, everyone's terrified that, that AI is going to, to replace all our jobs and, you know, take over all these industries. Um, first question is, uh, how much of that do you think is, is true? And then second, um, again, let us in on, on some of the inner workings of Butlali AI. How much of your guys' operation is man? How much is, is machine? Um, is it tending one way or another? Are you leaning more on the natural side? Or is, you know, and please don't be shy. It's okay. It's, we need to be, you know, face reality with these things. Uh, nah, okay. Um, no, man, I think, um, not going to lie, like most of it is actually true. Um, AI is, is coming for your job. Um, but, but I think that's, that's usually true for, for most technological developments. Like it's, 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 it forces us to, to, to rethink the way we live and, 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 and figure out um, like better things to do in, in, in life. Um, like, yeah, so every technological de de development is going to displace people. AI probably at a larger scale. So we, we just have to prepare to, yeah, to just use it to, 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 to improve our lives. Um, and then I think people in the social sciences need to rethink the economic quadrants and all of that stuff <laughs> to help us out here. Um, yeah. But but it is coming for people's jobs. I'm not gonna lie, because um, it's it's growing way too fast to not to not do that. Um, yeah. Um, on 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 our side, I think. Yeah, we we we're, we're using AI quite a lot here. Like I think everyone in the so. office always always has a chat GPT tab open <laughs> with everything that you do. It's like yo, can I can I can I. So um, mm -hmm. I think yeah, we're, we're, we've we embraced tech like quite a lot. Um, I think sixty percent of what I do is just pulling in things I could I could I can take advantage of from from technologies that exist, um, and 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 I think it helps us be efficient. Uh, it's not a necessarily mm -hmm. a bad thing, but I don't think that's that's just unique to AI companies, right? This is this is true for anyone. Um, Man and machine is always the, the the thing. Like man and machine, like yeah, it's a, it's a an interesting <laughs> one, interesting one. But yeah, all right. Um, let's let's talk a little bit about the the humans that are left. Um, and you know, in terms of the the skills that, at least even in your environment directly, um, the skills that individuals are bringing to the table that are proving to be the most valuable when push comes to shove um, in terms of, you know, uh, actually growing and progressing towards your goals. Um, what mm -hmm. are some of the skills you, that you've seen are critical um, for the people that are, that are working in your environment? Um, I think being able to to look at 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 um, these technological advancements as as extensions of yourself, as opposed to competition, I think I think that's probably like one of the most important things you can have, because 
yeah, instead of competing with it, you 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 just use it to your advantage. And then and I think everyone can do that. Everyone can can take a chat GPT, use it to his advantage. Everyone there's there's a quote, I think, I can't remember who said it. They were like, um, Chat GPT is not gonna steal your job. Your colleague who who uses ChatGPT is gonna steal your job. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> So you, you, I think, I think, like that's probably like the number one skill that you need to have is to to be able to adapt and be like, okay, what does this technology do, and how can I use it to improve what I have to offer, um, to the world, and and yeah, I think that's number one. Kolisani, like many entrepreneurs, says that we shouldn't fear tech. Well, not exactly. He actually said we should kind of fear it, but that shouldn't stop us from embracing it and using it as an extension of ourselves to figure out ways to live better. I want to tell you a story. Have you ever heard about the chess playing machine called the Mechanical Turk? It's a story often told when discussing issues regarding artificial intelligence. I'll summarize a bit of it for you. And yes, it is a true story. In the late 1700s, an inventor, a Hungarian inventor, debuted a special chess-playing machine. It looked like a mannequin. A statue person sat down at a desk with a chessboard on top. The inventor showed this device off to the world and even managed to get it to play against some of the best minds of the time. People like famous minds like Benjamin Franklin. Not only did it play them, it was able to beat them. That's right, in the 1700s, someone made a machine that could play chess against random opponents and win. For 60 years, this machine was paraded around as some sort of intelligent invention, only for the inventors to eventually come clean and say that there was actually a small man inside the machine that received instructions on how to play the game from inside the box. So what am I saying? That we should all stop believing in magic and realize that there's a little man inside the machine? Well, in a way I am, because we are the little man inside the machine. We make the data that that these machines feed off of. But I'm also saying that Unlike in the 1700s, information is in abundance and we can learn about these things the ways and the ways in ways that were once impossible in the past and figure out how to build for the future and protect ourselves from getting the con played on us again. I also asked why someone who doesn't know much or care much about the tech industry should actually care about what Botlali AI is doing. Here's what Polisani had to say. Um, I think uh, secondary, let me not order them. Um, another goal of ours is language preservation. I think um, we, we already lost quite a lot in, in, in history. Um, and I think we shouldn't repeat it with the digital age. Um, so again, if you care about African languages, you should care about us. Um, and then 
if 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 your goal is 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 just money, I think if you're a corporate, you have to understand that um, not being able to offer your services in African languages, you're leaving out quite um, a lot of of of, of people. And and that's that's your that hits your bottom line as well, right? Because yeah. if people can't get to you, they can't give you money. Um, yeah, so that's 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 three. Yeah, I like to dedicate the last segment of the show to asking our guests to recommend some of the things that they found useful and informative in understanding their worldview. The goal is to get them to plug us with information that's helped them along in their journey. I asked Olisani what he uses to stay up to date with what's happening across the technology landscape and what resources he's used to continue learning in his business. That part of the audio in the interview got corrupted, but I'll summarize what he mentioned. There were two main things. The first was a YouTube channel called Y Combinator. And in particular, a creator called Michael Sable. Now, Y Combinator is a company that invests in and helps to launch and scale technology businesses across the world. On their YouTube channel, they give startup advice, they interview founders about their experiences, and break down how they make some of their own investments. They've been part of launching some huge companies like Airbnb and Dropbox, even Reddit, the second recommendation he gave was a book, a book called The Prosperity Paradox, How Innovation Can Lift Nations Out of Poverty. This book was by the authors Clayton Christensen, Efosa Ojomo, and Karen Dillon. If you type Prosperity Paradox into YouTube, you'll find some interviews and summaries with the authors. With that, I wrapped up our conversation. There's still a lot of work that lies ahead of us, but I hope that this episode has provided a little bit of inspiration as to what you can do to preserve and progress our African languages. Even if it's something as simple as asking our grandparents to tell you that funny story again in your mother tongue so that you can record it on your phone. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we'll see you next time. In the next episode, we'll talk about how many companies eventually turn into banks for some reason and the role that technology has played in that transformation. As always, it's been a pleasure. Stay tuned and I'll see you next time.